I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The FCS College Football Experience Southland Conference Preview and Picks episode for 2023 on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by our very own Patreon score, exclusive perks, content and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a thousand dollars in prizes up for, for grabs there. Join today at sports gambling podcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by parlay play parlay play is a lead pipe. Uh, lock for parlaying player props. Go to parlayplay.io, use that promo code SGP for a 100% deposit bonus today. And remember as always folks, to let it ride. Hey, this is Derek Stevens. I'm the owner of Circa Las Vegas. You're listening to FGPN. Let it ride. season preview episode. I am excited to talk some more FCS action. Feel myself every day getting more and more, you know, in tune with the FCS. The more I see conference realignment happen in the FBS, I say, you know, I've always loved the FCS, but I want to dive further in because I love this uh, subdivision or whatever you want to call it. Probably wondering who the hell I am. And look, uh, my name is Colby Swing at Database Dan, aka. Pick Don D. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. When Don D happened, he was a superstar. I'm probably drinking too much and celebrating too much and not sleeping. Would have killed a normal man, but nah. now that's gone. The medical advice I got from that was. It was like being hit by lightning. Pretend it never happened and get on with your life. Yes. Yes, I am probably drinking too much, enjoying, enjoying life too much. Well, when the season starts. Right now, I'm not. Right now, I'm just waiting, crossing off the days like a maniac. This is the Southland Conference, baby. Incarnate Word. I thought they got hosed in the FCS playoffs a year ago. They're part of the Southland. Thought they should have beaten North Dakota State. Thought that was a terrible, terrible call. We're gonna talk all about it. I am joined by my co-host. Give it up for they call him the Gulf Coast Guru. This guy knows college football as good as any or football in general. Excited to have him and uh, back on the show to talk Southland FCS college football. Give it up for Mike Rose, aka the Gulf Coast Guru. How you doing, Mike? Brother, I love hearing it every time that you think I know so much about football. It's great to hear. It's a confidence boost coming from, you know, one of the goats 
of the college football world, but you put this Southland conference in front of me and all of a sudden I shriveled down to about the size of a itty bitty baby. Cause <laughs> man, this, this conference is tough. Uh, some of the margins here, are razor, razor thin. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. And uh, look, I mean, we've been previewing, go listen to all of our previews. We're going to get all the conferences out of the way before the first kick of the first game. But uh we got. We've done the Patriot League. We did the Pioneer League. We did the Ivy. We did the 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 Miac. We've done uh, the Ohio Valley slash uh, you know Big South. We did the UAC. But this one, well, you know, this one was. I feel like it's the easiest one to project as far as the top, but man, the hardest to project the basement. It's going to be, I mean, I don't know how you felt with it, but like, I was like, man, Hey, I came across like, I, you know, I've been covering FCS for a while, but like there's some programs in here that have been pretty shitty lately. Can they get out of that basement? Can they get out of that basement? Which, you know, there's opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity. I feel like this year, a lot of first year coaches, second year coaches. So uh, with that becomes, you know, comes a lot of uncertainty about where's the program, which trajectory is it headed? You know, if we had to guess, uh, I, I, that's my take on the conference. Uh, how about yourself, man? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I mean, you, you got a couple teams in here that that uh, they're really, really new. I mean, you know, within the last decade of, of coming to college football altogether, not just not just uh, FCS level, but as far as starting a football program, there's at least two I could think of off the top of my head that are within the last decade. So. Um, some of these teams have been good in years past and, and they've kind of fallen off, like you said, and then others, they're just getting the ball rolling. I mean, it's, it's, it's a crazy conference. I think if you want to talk one of the most entertaining conferences to watch this year, as far as how it's going to shake out in the middle of the pack and on a week to week basis, I think this is going to have some entertaining games where uh, nobody knows what the hell is going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I wouldn't be surprised if you had a surprise team. I, I kind of like one team that I can trust, but the others, I mean, I like second place. We, I have an idea what I think it is, but it, it's gotta be fun to talk about. Uh, let's, let's get into it. But before we get into it, I want to tell you the FCS college football experience Southland conference uh, season preview. It's brought to you by sports gambling podcast, Patriot. Yes. Yeah, sign up for the Patriot to get access to exclusive contests, including NFL win totals contests with a thousand dollars to first place up for grabs besides season long contests. They also have weekly contests just for the patrons. Plus a monthly SGP stories podcast, completely ad free off and, and by the way, full behind the scenes stories from the SGPN crew. You might hear a great Leach story, Coach Leach, or Lenny Dykstra story, or something, or even a Patty C story. Uh, there's even a Discord channel just for the patrons. Uh, only you can prevent corporate or geez, let me let me nail this again. Only you can prevent corporate gambling. Do your part and sign up today. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back on the college football experience, FCS style, uh, Southland season preview episode. And, uh, the way we've been doing it on all of our other episodes, once again, sus- uh, subscribe to the FCS college football experience, uh, wherever podcasts can be found and on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. But we've been going uh, from, from last to first. So, and, and, and really been spitballing on who we have as uh, our ninth, you know, our order, our pecking order, essentially like, uh, so this conference folks, just, just here, I'll give us the Southland conference is the home of Houston. Christian used to be Houston Baptist, uh, Lamar, Texas A&M commerce, Nichols, the colonels, Northwestern state, Southeastern Louisiana, McNeese state and incarnate word. That is the Southland conference for 2023. Uh, I'm very curious to see who you had at number nine. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have mine, I, but I'm going to let you go first. I think, uh, I think this is going to be one of the only times we agree until we get towards the top. Um, I'm going to go with Houston Bapt, uh Houston Christian. Sorry. Houston Christian, the Huskies. That's who I have last. I, I got to agree with you. I mean, uh, just the fact that I've watched them over the past couple of years, remember this, they had Bailey Zappi not that long ago and all those guys mm-hmm. running that offense. But even then I was watching and the defense was so, so bad. Now, first year coach Braxton Harris is coming in. He was an ass- the assistant head coach with to uh, Mike mentor at Campbell. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's room for optimism there. That's the thing. There is wait one, two, three, four first year coaches out of what uh, eight teams, right? Yes, eight sir. teams, four first year coaches. You also have a second year coach in Gary Goff. Um, that's what I mean. Of like, it, it's really up in the uh, up in the up in the air here. I feel like this conference. So, uh, Braxton Harris comes over, and you know. Uh, they add ULM transfer Colby suits. Great name. Um, okay. And all their, all their quarterbacks from a year ago returned. So I have no idea who's going to start. Is it going to be AJ Wilson who got to start uh, a year ago? Could it be uh Orion Olivas? Um, I'm curious your thoughts there, but uh, you know, um, I also know the, uh, they they return a lot of starters, sixteen returning starters. But once again, if it's a brand new system, brand new offense, brand new defense, it's it's kind of hard for me to uh, project in a way. So, um, talk to me about why you think they're ninth or sorry eighth in this conference. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're you're going with a team here that that struggled a lot last year, two and nine. And you're bringing in a new head coach. Now, this is uh, 
This is just the second head coach this football program has ever had. So that's kind of a really big tradi- uh, change in, in what's been going on uh, as far as just the program. They're used to one guy through their entire existence since 2013. So um, the, the, the thing about it is, is I feel like a lot of the other conferences we've done, the last team I've been pretty confident in and I felt like, oh, this team sucks. But this one, I mean, there's a new head coach, but like you said, there's a lot of names coming back. Uh, quarterback Justin Fomby, 2,200 yards, 16 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. The interceptions, not great. A <laughs> um, couple running backs with experience. Champ Dozier is a freshman that came in from TCU in the spring. That's a name to maybe watch out for. Uh, you lose your wide receiver one, but bring in wide receiver, bring back wide receiver two, uh, Carl Reynolds. And then they got six foot four transfer from SMU, former three star recruit Calvin Wiggins. So um, a lot, a lot to kind of look at and think maybe that could be something. Also, defense linebacker Rodney Dansby, uh, 110 tackles two sacks, an interception, and two fumble recoveries. That's a big name right there. So I'm seeing some reason to be optimistic. But me too. I mean, it's, it's really just, I mean, that's what I'm saying. They could easily finish like the fourth to me. I mean, because there's so many new head coaches, there's also Davion Hargrove in the defensive backfield. I think uh, also on the D line, which they've been, that's what stood out to me is just a really bad defensive line over the years. But uh, uh, they got, I don't know how to, Jalks hunt on the defensive line that I think they're excited about. Um, they brought in those key transfers. This is what I mean is like, I really like, we're just kind of spitballing here on the fact that we don't know how they were. I mean, I, I think Colby suits is going to start for them by the way. I, if I had to guess, but um, they could be a lot better than when they're going up against so many first year coaches. And it's not like the, the it's not like uh, like uh, you know there's that big of a divide, but I just feel like they were terrible a year ago, uh, two and nine. Um, they did somehow beat Ed McCaffrey and Northern Colorado, but they also beat Lamar, who has a first year coach too this year because Blaine Morgan's out. <laughs> I feel like they could be better than what we think. They almost beat Lindenwood, lost by one. Almost beat Nichols, lost by two, uh, and then they got blown out of pretty much every other game, minus the McNeys game. Coaching matters, and, and we're, we're we don't know. We we, we kind of just don't know. But uh, yeah, I had a eighth too. I I don't know how much I like it. Um, let's talk about the schedule because Houston Christian opens the season against Arkansas Baptist. I didn't even know they played football. That's a win. All right, what to know? And boy, does it get a little brutal after that. Three straight away games at Western Kentucky, at UT Martin, and at Southeast Louisiana at Strawberry Stadium there in Hammond, Louisiana. They're gonna go zero and three in that stretch. What are you doing? Uh, four games in. Yeah, rough, rough stretch there. Rough stretch of away games, and and it sucks that your first conference opponent is a third leg of a back to back against one of the best teams in the conference. So yeah, one and three start. Now it gets interesting though, because you beat Lamar a year ago and that was at Lamar. Lamar's got to come in the Husky stadium there in Houston, Texas winnable. Then at Nichols, I, I would favor Nichols, but I mean, Nichols did, you know, have some struggles a season ago and then home to Bubba McDowell and Prairie view. It was interesting. I got a chance to interview Bubba McDowell uh, about a year ago. And, and I, I know he's excited about the players he's been bringing in. Um <sighs> I think they probably beat Lamar. 
So that will be, I'm going to say at the buy on October 21st, I think they're going to be two and five. How about you? I got them dropping all those games. Actually, uh, Lamar, <laughs> not, not a team I'm, I'm super psyched about, but at the same time, I was noticing something going through their roster. It was a youth movement last year and all those guys are kind of back. So I, I think they're just better. If I, if I had to, if I had to pinpoint a reason, I think they just have more talent. Uh, well, I can tell you that uh, they're in similar scenarios because brand new coach, brand new changes in offense and defensive philosophies. Uh, after the bye, they host Texas A&M Commerce once again. I mean, at least it's at Husky Stadium. Then you head to Harry Turpin Stadium to take on Northwestern State, the Demons. Uh, then you're at McNeese and home to Incarnate Word. See, so you gotta hate the fact you get Incarnate Word on November 18th because they're breaking in a brand new head coach. And by the time November 18th rolls around, I think they're gonna have a lot more things figured out than say early in the year. Look, I had a eighth too. I think they were a two-win team. Maybe, but but I wouldn't shock me if they won four games. You? No, I, I think the Lamar and Texas A&M those are really the ones you got to circle. I mean. Kind of wish you could see the Nichols or Northwestern State McNeese maybe at home, but uh, Prairie View, you never know what's going to happen there, but I just think they're going in a better direction. So this team wouldn't surprise me at all to be three or four wins. I got them hovering around two, but you know, <laughs> your guess is as good as mine on this one, man. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I think, I think, you know, we see pretty much eye to eye there. I will say that I like, I struggled a little bit on. Cause I, th- I thought I could make a case that, uh, that Lamar could be worse. Um, so I don't know. Let's talk. L- let's talk a little bit about the uh, Lamar Cardinals because I ended up saying, okay, well now, no, they're better than uh, they're better than uh, you know, um, Houston Baptist or Houston Christian, but it's not like I feel great about that. I feel like it's probably they lost to him a year ago. You look at uh, what Lamar brings back, but once again, by the way, uh, breaking in a brand new head coach, as I alluded to lot of, of turnover in this conference. And you know, they go out and hire Peter Rosamondo. Now uh, this is what I do trust. This is why essentially I'm taking Lamar over Houston Christian. He got Central Connecticut State to the playoffs as a head coach. That's a very hard place. Very hard place to win. So if he can do that, I'm just going to trust the fact that he can come in for Blaine Morgan and rebuild it a little bit faster than say Braxton Harris. Um you look at this Lamar Cardinal team and uh love love the running back Kalen Griffin. Kalen Griffin stud. Um, they also have, so they have some talent. You're right. I see your point. Uh, Savon Ray at the wide receiver spot. I think, you know, Lamar fans should be uh, thrilled to have him back. There's a couple of guys on the offensive line, Knox Boyd and Devin King, who I think are solid. A um, little more concerned about the defensive side of the ball, but uh Christian Pugh is a is a defensive back that I think they're thrilled to have back. Uh linebacker Fade Jola. I'm probably butchering your name, but uh he's back. Jamin Jackson on the defensive line. Um all right. I mean, actually they have a dynamic kick returner too in uh 
Damasha Harris, Damasha Harris, like that guy, he's pretty nasty. Um, Tell me about why you think Lamar is better than will finish ahead of. Well, actually, wait, where do you have Lamar? I actually have Lamar at fifth. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I almost, um, I I got ahead of myself. You see what happens there? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I knew, I knew we were going to, we were going to have some, uh, some different, different plays here. So I was, I was excited about this one all week, man. Um, You're right. A lot of the things here are similar between Houston Baptist and uh, Houston Christian. Sorry. I'm going to do that all day. The name changes always get me. Um, And, and Lamar. But the thing is, is, is Pete Rosamondo, he's a really experienced head coach. Like you said, he had the Central Connecticut State job where he got him to the FCS playoffs. And I shouldn't say head coach. He's been a journeyman coach around everywhere. Also, something else that I kind of honed in on is he took over at Charlotte last year as interim head coach when Will Healy got the boot. And he got him to two and two in his, in his last four games there. So that tells me like he was able to get those guys that garbage, garbage Charlotte team that let us all down last year uh, playing for him, which is something, especially when you have a young roster like this one, I think that says a lot and it gives me confidence in this guy In this guy. I mean, you got uh, Mike Chandler's a former Colorado recruit. So there you go. there, dual threat quarterback. You mentioned Kalen Griffin. He's a former three-star rice transfer, um, Texas state Savon Ray. So you're getting names from, uh, FBS football coming down here, Cameron George, that's a wide receiver transferred in from Colorado. Um, they bring back a lot of pieces on defense. One name I saw come in was defensive back, Josh O'Feely from Brown. And when we did the, uh, the, the shakeout on Brown in the Ivy league, I kind of wrote that down as a name that I, I looked at his stats. I looked at what he meant to the team, kind of checked into it. And he was a big part of that team. So that's, that's a good get right there. Even though, you know, a lot of people have probably never heard of him. It's a decent, you know, experienced, smart football player that you're going to have with a lot of young kids and a veteran coach. So I think they got the makings of a team that could surprise some people and they have some good home games. 15 starters back from a season ago. They're, they're, they're like mirror images. I'm shocked you have them that high, but I mean, I see the coaching edge that you think you might have there, but uh, I don't know. There's still a, a lot of questions. I thought the schedule was harder than Houston Christian. That's, and I still gave Lamar the step up on, on Houston Christian. The main reason I think the schedule's harder is we dive into it. They open up Thursday night against the Idaho Vandals. Oh, who are an FCS national championship contender. Giovanni McCoy back at the uh, quarterback spot. He was just a freshman a year ago as they made the FCS playoffs. He's going to be back and better. And that game scares me. Then they head to ULM. Now ULM is an easier opponent than Western Kentucky comparing them and Houston Christian schedule. But I would also argue that Idaho's Idaho's better than pretty much anyone on their schedule uh, in the FCS ranks. They also head to the Dakota dome filthy. If you ask me, they should be playing outdoors, but the take on the South Dakota coyotes, I get it. South Dakota was just three and eight a year ago, but don't get it twisted. They're in the Missouri. They're in the Missouri Valley. They're a much better team than three and eight. That's a tough spot. Uh, then though, the Oaklanders, my favorite team in college football, because this team just plays on the road. Do you know about this school? Oh, the road warriors, man. That's yes, all they, do. They, they started a football <laughs> program and, and they don't have a home team. They don't have a home campus. They just play on the road. It's fucking phenomenal. That is a win. That is a win for Lamar for sure. But they're definitely starting out one and three. 
And then they got to play at Houston Christian, which like I said, I gave that one to Houston Christian, uh, which would be where, so where can I find the second win with Lamar? I do think, I do think it's either going to be Northwestern state the next game or later in the schedule when they host uh, Texas A and M commerce. But the schedule, you could make a point. You, I think you can make a strong point that Lamar could finish in the basement because at Houston Christian, and then you're at Southeast Louisiana. You're you're then you get a bye week. You're home to Incarnate Word, home to A and M Commerce at Nichols, and home to McNeese. So like, I really and you could make a conference. I mean, they could go winless in the conference because of where the road spots are and the home spots. But sell me on what, what's what, what's your final record for? Because I I got them basically. I got them beating Lincoln CA. I got them beating Northwestern State. Give me an upset somewhere along the way. Give me A and M Commerce losing at Lamar, but I don't feel good about that. What are you What are you doing here? Yeah, man. So another thing I noticed last year about last year's games too: the loss to Houston Christian by three, the loss to Northwestern State by a score. Um, then you had Nichols by a score as well, McNeese only by four. So I think the jump up comes a little bit this year. Now the out of conference uh, schedule it, it's tough, but I have them starting off one and three just like Houston Christian. And the thing is, is I'm seeding them as how I think they're going to finish in the conference. So I'm not really worried about their non-con. They both go one and three, whatever. Um, I trust them a little bit more, as I said, than Houston Christian, but I do have them losing to Northwestern state. I think they could pick that one up, go on the road to Southeast Louisiana. That's fine. You're losing that game. Anyway, put it on the road. Fair. Uh, I, I agree there. I agree <laughs> there. Know? Yeah. So, and then you got Texas A&M commerce and McNeese uh, that I think they could beat. And I have them beating both those teams. Here's the thing. I have a big lump of three and four in conference play in this conference. So it's just how it shook out that they, I had them beat McNeese and beat A&M commerce. So they're ahead of those two teams just on that grounds basically. But yeah, it's uh it's razor thin. I could, I could eat shit on this one, but I kind of like the youth movement here, dude. dude, I don't feel confident about any of my plays on the basement of this conference. Shout out, (laughs) shout out to the chat. Lane Elliott says the Houston Christians forever Houston Baptist here at SGPN. And he also says uh, that uh, his uncle, Jimmy gush is hired at incarnate word as the DC. I'd love to hear your breakdown on the former Bucknell safety. Love that, and uh, yeah, thirty-eight oh twos in the chat talking. uh, This uh, we got we got the whole crew here. Hop on over. You can watch this show live, youtube.com slash the college experience. Yeah, I mean, look, like I said, I was sitting there, honestly, I I, I started doing my prep last night and I'm like, I got no fucking idea. Uh, Like on the basement. I feel good about my pick at the top. The the bottom four pecking order, incredibly hard for me. I have a piece of paper at home, not here in the studio. Where I scratched off names like ten different times, wrote my pecking order like seven different times. Then I'm like, mm-hmm. I got no idea. But I settled. I went kind of chalk. I think. I feel like most publications have have uh, uh, Houston Christian dead last. And I don't normally like to go chalk, but I just, I, I, I just, I remember watching how bad that defense was. Now I watched Lamar last season too, and 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 look. Yeah, I know you can. You can. I wanted Blaine Morgan to work out. I watched him play at Air Force. They sucked last year too, um, but they were able to beat Nichols. I thought they were just a little chippier. They almost beat McNeese at McNeese. Uh, they did lose to Houston Christian. Terrible loss. They they one score game against Northwestern State. One score game against Easy Ed in Northern Colorado. 
But uh, that's why I, I mean I think it's razor fucking thin, razor razor thin, as opposed to uh, you know who who uh, who finishes dead last. You had him a lot higher though, but okay. Uh, so I'm curious then, who did you have at at seven? Man, this one this one hurt me because uh, I re- I really like this program. A uh, 14 Southland Conference champions uh, championships, 16 FCS playoff appearances. Most recently, 2015. I had to go with McNeese though, uh, new head coach, and I think it's a really really good hire in Gary Goff. Um, but there's just a lot of pieces kind of missing and a lot of things that I wasn't really getting it. Man, I had to. Gary Goff (laughs) was there last year. This is, this is year two for him, but yes, yes. Okay. Continue. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no, no, you're good. You're good. Um, Gary Goff. Yeah. He was there last year. Then he D two Tiffin before that. And uh, was he the one? Yeah. Valdesta state. So uh, he took Valdesta state straight to the playoffs and and they were what? 22 and three uh, when he was there. So that guy was blown up. I believe he only lost to uh, Ferris state in the championship, I believe, which is, you know, the best D two team there is. So, I had to take a little break from this conference. I had to put on some dirty heads and like vibe out and kind of chill for a minute because <laughs> this, this conference was getting me, but uh, McNeese state, it's just, it's where I saw them falling. Well, you know, I couldn't fade Gary Goff and McNeese because he's a Mike Leach recruit. You know what I mean? He's a Mike Leach guy yeah. at Val. He played at Valdosta state for coach Leach, friend of the program, rest easy and how mummy, but uh Wow. Okay. I, look, I understand that they got completely hit. Uh, their quarterback mm-hmm. transfers out. Their running back graduates. But I had let's uh, we we could talk about them because I had them I had them a little higher. But uh, it's okay. Um, let's let's talk about McNeese here because um, I mean I can understand. I I kind of have a hard I, hard time breaking down this team. Just nine starters back from a year ago, but. Uh, you got a few guys that, that, that when I look, I can say, okay, I can see something good going on here. I actually kind of like the offensive line. Uh, Cole LeClaire and Dylan Dalzert are two guys. I think they should be excited about and running back D'Angelo Durham is going to be running behind them. Um, so if they can just find a quarterback, I feel like the, 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 the offensive line might be in decent shape. Also Kyle clink is a, is a, is a tight end that I think I'm excited about us too in this in, in this conference um, with McNeese. The defensive side of the ball, I actually think defense might be all right. Uh, Javon Davis in the secondary back from a season ago. I like the linebacker play. You got Braden Adams at the linebacker spot. You also have Micah Davy. So I I do like the linebackers defensive line. Wellen Williams is someone I think that you know might pop up on a first team Southland at, by the end of the season. It's really just the quarterback and the wide receiver position that I'm I'm really concerned about. They have a really good kicker in Garrison Smith. Uh, so if you're in close games, that shit matters. Um, I don't know. I mean, like I had him a little higher up, man. But um, let, let, talk to me about. Uh, why you think this year is going to be tough for the Cowboys? And then we'll break down the schedule. So traditionally speaking, I mean, you definitely have a uh, history on your side. This is a good program uh, and they got a good coach. We already talked about. So quarterback looks like uh, you got Ryan Roberts coming back. He played some last year, but Trey Simmons and Nate Glantz, who's actually an Iowa state transfer. Those are the guys that took all the reps in the spring game. So kind of look for one of those two guys. Uh, Trey Simmons seemed to have, 
the slight edge seemed like he was kind of running the main offense out there. So there is that you mentioned uh, D'Angelo Durham, this guy limited carries, but 9.7 yards per carry that he averaged uh, for 340 yards, also 210 uh, receiving yards. So not bad at all. That guy's a weapon. They have multiple guys at that position with some experience, but losing 1400 yards out of Deontay McMahon, that, that, that hurts a lot. Wide receiver, you lose Mason Pierce to Marshall. Uh, you got a couple guys coming back. You did mention tight end Kyle Klink. That's a big one. Transfer in uh, three-star recruit transfer. Uh, Marcus Peterson Jr. comes in from Cincinnati. So there you go. Uh, three players out of their top four uh, tacklers on the defensive side, all gone. Uh, DB seemed to take a pretty big hit, uh, losing safety Tyler Barnes. Uh, DB Ennis Lewis. Um, those are just a couple of the guys. So, um, I didn't see the names coming in through the portal that made me feel comfortable them losing those guys. And you don't have your quarterback or running back like fully hashed out yet. So that's kind of my hesitation here with McNeese. So, so I, I, I just want you to repeat this. So glance, the Iowa state transfer, not penciled in as a starter. Uh, I saw Simmons taking main, okay. the main reps and Trey the Simmons, game. uh, who was a transfer from what to Tusculum and D two. Where mm-hmm. he uh, he passed for twenty three hundred yards. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna trust the pedigree here, and you know, I, I, I I'm a Coach Leach guy. All right, I can't just <laughs> I can't fade my boy. Um, so, uh, all right, let's talk about the schedule though, because they have a, a banger to open up the season uh, against Tarleton State in Lake Charles, Cowboy Stadium. Uh, that game, I remember a few years, I think it was the COVID year. It was like the first game of the season. That game was fantastic. Came down to the final drive of the game. Um, I do expect them to lose that game, but I think that's a banger. I, I'm not a hundred percent sold that Tarleton is just going to whoop their ass. I do think Tarleton's a better roster right now though. How about yourself? Uh, I love that Tarleton team. I'm all about them. So I'm, I'm going to go with Tarleton definitely to get that one done. Although it is tricky on the road. So then they head to the swamp where uh, they're going to lose. Uh, uh, so let's say, Oh, and two, they can win these next two. They beat Eastern Illinois a year ago. So they're at Alcorn state jet Jack Spinks stadium in Mississippi. Uh, then they head to O'Brien field in Charleston, Illinois, dude, they could win both of these games though. They could also lose both of them, but I like the schedule better than the previous two teams we've talked about, because I'll be honest, I wouldn't even be shocked if they went three and one in the non-con there. I, I mean, I kind of think they're going to go two and two, maybe one and three. Cause those are both on the road, but I like the non-con better. Uh, I'm sure there's no true layup like the other schools have, but I also believe McNeese is capable of beating some of these teams. Uh, whereas the other ones, I feel like, you know, they're definitely going to be one and three. They could be two and two. They could be three and one. What do you have them doing in the non-con? First, I got a question for you. Out of out of that three-game road stretch, is Graham Mertz the worst quarterback? Like out of all of them? Because <laughs> uh, Tyler Macon, yeah. Tyler Macon yeah. comes in the outcourt. Fair, so. <laughs> very fair. Um, um, I, you're right, man. They could be two and two here. I, I got them going zero and four simply because all of those games, uh, Tarleton at home, but the next three all on the road. Uh, and it kind of gets tougher and tougher. Florida, that's an obvious loss. Alcorn beat eh, two scores, beat them by last year. So I got to assume they're going to beat them at home. Um, and then Eastern Illinois, that's the third leg of a back to back. And we covered Eastern Illinois on our last podcast. And I, I don't think they're all that terrible. So being the third leg of a road trip, I gave them all losses here. 
Um, um, uh, one and three. You're you're swaying me a little bit, but I just think they're too decent of a program to lose all four. One and three. Then they're home to the Nichols Colonels. Great name. And I think it's a 50 50 game. I truly think that's a 50 50 game. Um, now we'll see. Then they head to Texas A and M commerce. Uh, I think that's winnable. They get a bye week. They're home to odd dub incarnate word um, who to me, we'll get to them in a little bit, but then they're home to Northwestern state. I love the, the end of this schedule because home to Northwestern state, then yeah. Okay. You got to go to strawberry stadium to take on Southeast Louisiana. That'll probably be a loss, but home to Houston Christian. And then at Lamar, they could win three of their final four games, buddy. I got them a lot higher. I got them a lot higher. Um, but what's your final record for them? That's fair. I, I got them at three and eight, three and four in conference, which is what I have. Like every freaking team is three and four in conference. So uh, what it came down to for me, I had them lose the game on the road. I think it hurts them. They're on the road against AM commerce and they're on the road against Lamar to end the season. So that's why I had them fall where they are. That's a couple of tough road spots against teams that I think they're neck and neck with. So uh, that's why I had them fall. So you had them at, at number seven, correct? That's correct. Um, just to recap, folks, we both had Houston Christian at eight. I had Lamar at seven. Uh, Mike here had uh, McNeese at seven. Okay, at number six for me, um, I have Northwestern State. Um, <laughs> That's where a do terrible. you? Okay. Uh, well. I know they're they're star wideouts now at Colorado Buffalo, but uh, Brad Laird ent- enters year six. He's sixteen and thirty five. There's one thing that we can guarantee: he's not winning games. All right, I love these FCS coaches. They must have the photographs of the school president doing something they shouldn't do because they they give them a long time. All right, uh, yeah. I mean, you look at Northwestern State, and I I get it. They got. I mean, I I. I I don't get excited when I, when I look at this roster, I think there's some guys I like um, Zach Patterson at the wide receiver spots. Good. Um, but I have a lot of questions. I mean, scooter Adams is decent on the, the run game, actually the pass game, even though they got uh, their, their top guy taken to the, by the Colorado Buffaloes, Kennard King is another guy that I think they should be excited about. But uh, I don't know where, uh, so you had Northwestern state much higher, obviously with that reaction. Um, I I overreacted. I, I actually had them one spot above where oh, you had okay, them. So. Okay, <laughs> Donovan Green on the line on the defensive line is a pretty good player for Northwestern State. Also, the linebacker Jaden Ward and Jared Pedraza. I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name. Shamar Bartholomew in the defensive backfield. There should be more humans named Bartholomew. I've said that for a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really think this team is, is all that. And, and one thing I, I know is I don't think, you know, I don't think that the proof is in the pudding with the coach. I mean the demons. Okay. I'm not trying to shit on Brad Laird here, but I'm saying he's clearly not winning a shit ton of games. They only got 10 starters back. They lose uh, their starting quarterback. They lose three starters on the O line. There's only four starters returning on the defensive side of the ball. I have a lot of question marks about the Northwestern State Demons. Uh, 
talk to me about what you see at Northwestern State. Did, did, did I miss anyone that? And, and I'm curious your take on this team before we break down their schedule. So, so Brad Lair definitely uh, not not lighting the world on fire here uh, for his alma mater, actually a uh, quarterback here back in '91 through '95. But here's the deal: um, they bring in Idaho State transfer, former Wyoming three-star recruit Tyler Vanderwall. Seems like he's going to be new QB one. So there's a guy with some experience, some talent. Okay. Running back, you return your running back, Kenneth Lacey, Scooter Adams, you mentioned, Colby Burrell, a former three-star recruit from Buffalo. He transfers in. You bring back Zach Patterson, one of the best wide receivers in the conference, hands down. Also, six foot six, Stanley King transfers in from Rutgers, where he was a three-star recruit there. So I think you got some pieces on the offense. Another thing about Laird, last year, this team went four and two in conference. That's their first winning Southland record since 2010. So while it looks bleak, uh, that's a little they, bit of a sign for, you know, they progress. probably extended him too. they're like, have another 10 years. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let's yeah. do this. You know, you're the most exciting thing to come through here since that Ogeron. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Je- Je- Jefferson E. White in the chat says there are 10 former Southland conference players currently playing in the NFL. Yeah. This is a rich conference. P- people should respect yeah. it. Just because we're saying the basement is all over the place does not mean that this isn't good football. Uh, you want a little fun fact, brother? You know the only FCS team or double A, one double A football team to ever put out two NFL Rookie of the Years? It's Who's Northwestern that? State. Oh <laughs> man, Joe, Joe Delaney and John Stevens. So there you we go, right there. This this is a rich program, man. Come on, jo- uh, defense. <laughs> defense. You're bringing in a lot. Jordan Banks, four star recruit from Arizona State, transfers in. Uh, Jeremiah Bowd- uh, Baldwin three-star Nevada transfer, Antoine Fagans, uh, three-star Arkansas state, Arkansas state transfer, uh, along with Nasir Sai on the D line, three-star Akron transfer. So bringing in some names, offense, got some pieces. I, I think things are starting to go in the right direction. That being said, I also have them three and four at conference. So not a ton of confidence. <laughs> Well, let's break down the schedule because they head. They start. Uh, the, the, I love the the regionality here. Is they start two FBSs on the schedule at Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, Cajun Field on Saturday, September second. Then they play at Joe Alette Stadium against Louisiana Tech. Zero and two, right? Zero and two. Zero and two, and then they're they're home at uh, Harry Turpin, taking on the Lumberjacks from Stephen F. Austin. Zero and three. No. I no? got them oh, 0-3, man, but I think that's yeah. like a 55-45 game. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I I just I don't think they could beat Stephen. I mean, yeah, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but uh yeah, give me give me a SFA there. They do get a bye week before the fourth non-con game. I don't know why Eastern Illinois is playing everybody in the Southland. <laughs> but uh this is winnable. This is winnable. Now, I gotta stay with what the hell I said. On the OVC slash Big South preview, I had Eastern Illinois winning this game. So I'll take Eastern Illinois. Do I really feel good about it? No, I don't. But I'm taking Eastern Illinois to win this. And uh, 0 and 4 in the non con. You? I got them picking up the Eastern Illinois game. I actually gave that one to Northwestern State. Okay, well, then you get conference play and they got to head back to back away. We should note that because a lot of them don't have back-to-back away conference play games at Lamar at Nichols. Now, would it shock me if they went two and zero there? No, it wouldn't. But uh, they also could go zero and two, and th- this is what I mean. It's like this is the the chaos of nor- of of the basement tier. Um, 
I will. Uh, <laughs> what did I say on the Lamar one? Because I have them losing at Nichols. Lamar, I had him. I think I had Lamar getting this one. So I got him zero and two in the non-con. Uh, I'm sorry, not in the non-con. On that back-to-back away, then they're home to Southeast Louisiana, who I think is really good. I think I think the Lions roll at McNeese. Loss. Home to Houston Christian. Win. At Incarnate Word. Loss. Home to Texas A&M Commerce. Okay, maybe this is a win because I need this to make sense for me. I need this to make sense for me in in the basement because I have every team sitting there with three wins, or I mean two wins in conference essentially. Um, what's what's your final record here with uh, Northwestern State? Yeah, so I got them. I got them four and seven, three and four in conference, three and four in conference, just like every other team until we get to the top. So that's where I got them. Oh, I have them as the same conference wins as Houston Christian and Lamar, but just they have the tiebreaker. They have the good old tiebreaker, baby. Um, all right. Well, uh, I'm curious then. Who is your number six team? My number six team was Texas A&M Commerce. Now, this was a team I really, really couldn't find a whole hell of a lot that I, I really loved about it. I mean, they made the jump last year, 2022, to D1 football. Um, they've been a good program, NAIA and uh, D2, but it was hard for me. And, and the, the head coaching hire really confused me. And that was what really cemented them as, as towards the bottom at number six for me. Okay. Uh, well, look, I mean, uh, they also another first year head coach in Clint Dolzell coming in Dozel, uh coming in to, uh to commerce, Texas. Uh, and what are they? I think they're the lions if memory serves me. Correct. Um, Okay, well, this one though, I know they've put money in their program. See, that's why I was reluctant on shitting on them too much. Because I know that they've been building for this. So I know that they're jumping up, but I also know when it comes to dollar bills, they've been throwing some money into this uh thing. So normally I don't like to really fade <laughs> the teams that I know. They return seven starters on offense, just five on defense. Okay. That, that that's not great. That's not great to uh to to bring back. But you know, you you look back at a season ago and and commerce I don't think was as bad uh as perhaps maybe, you know, some people would think. They would say, "Okay, well, they jump up. They they jump up and they're 5 and 6, but man, they lost to Tennessee Tech by 1. They they only lost to Sam Houston State by 10. Um, and then they did get smacked by incarnate word and Northwestern state, but Nichols they lose 12 to 10. Uh, they lose another one score game to Tennessee state. I think this team is there. I think they're, they beat Southeast Louisiana last year. That's a huge win for the program in year one. So you look at the schedule in, in 2023, first off, tell me why you're, you're low on this team. Yeah. So this isn't a team that I saw, like you mentioned the money. And, and I mean, he, here we are in, in Texas, you know, where they do nothing but chuck money at, at football programs. So you'd think it's there and, and five and six is a respectable record for your first year uh, playing in FCS football, but the arena football coach hire uh, <laughs> Dozel, I, I yeah. don't understand how you couldn't get a guy with, you know, some college football chops. This guy has no D one or college head coaching chops at all. And, uh, and that uh, really that did, worries me, man. That <laughs> did make me giggle when I, a long time, 
long time, uh, you know, arena football head coach, but Hey, and a he's damn been good one. He's been coaching for a long time, man. That, you that's, know? that's where uh, maybe rest in peace, hefty lefty could weigh four hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, Jared Lorenzen, yeah, run over everybody. So I don't, I don't know if it's the same style of football necessarily. I would say it's probably not based on those grounds. Uh, another thing is I didn't see the the transfers coming in with with any recruiting respectability at all. Like all these other programs in this conference, they're bringing in three stars. They're bringing in transfers, especially once you. You start talking, you know, incarnate word and stuff like that. But but, but uh, this d- one I saw none. Didn't David Bailiff, their coach from a year ago, who once won ten games at Rice, I think he stayed on. I think this was maybe him involved with this hire. I'm not a hundred percent on that, but that's they couldn't what, agree on a contract. Um, but why did I see him still employed? On maybe they haven't updated their website, which is certainly <laughs> possible. But I still saw him there. Is he? Is he? So is he completely out? Or you know, he might be there, but I, I would. I would have trouble imagining that. I didn't see that when I saw that he was, I saw that he was out due to, they couldn't agree on a contract. I would be really surprised. So they just haven't uh, updated their shit. Love it. That's, that's so FCS <laughs> baby. That's so FCS. Uh, I, I thought the same thing. Cause I thought Bailiff was a good coach. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, look, let me sell you on some players. Let me sell you on some players there that, that I think could be Reggie branch. Reggie branch is a running back that I think could have a big year for commerce. He was uh, just a freshman a year ago. Sophomore season, I think takes a step in the right direction. Um, I actually think the offensive line is in decent shape. Jaden Jones, uh, Mackenzie Angelo, they got a couple, a few good offensive linemen that that you know uh, I, I've jotted down. Yes, need to figure out the quarterback spot. Moving to an arena football head coach, though, I do expect them to find someone to fire the laser uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Kind of like the secondary a lot. Max Epps, Darion Taylor, Kendall Paul, all back like the secondary. Uh defensive line, I, I like. I actually I, to really I like the defense. It's the offense that that is concerning. But uh Levi Drake Rodriguez on the defensive line, Leon Young, also Cliff Funderburk, great name there, and also Bryson Stewart. I actually think they might have the best defensive line besides the top two teams in this conference. Um they, you could make a case they have the best defensive line in this conference, but uh, I'm I'm high on the uh, on, on the defense. I think the defense will, will will get up and play some good ball this year. Yeah, uh, I think the defensive line. I think you nailed it. The defensive line has uh, for what four or five names that come back that had multiple sacks recorded. So I think they're they're sitting pretty there, especially when you start comparing this team towards the top of the conference, and you're talking like Incarnate Word, which is a team that brought in crazy crazy talent but they have completely rebuilt offensive and defensive lines, which we all know games are won in the trenches. So it's very interesting to look at it from that perspective. Uh, the, the secondary, they do bring in some names, bring them back, but they lost Darius Williams, their number two tackler, six passes deflected one interception. They also lost Dante Smith, seven passes defended uh, four interceptions. So two big names they lose there and they lost wide receiver, Andrew Armstrong, to Arkansas, a thousand yards, thirteen. He's touchdowns. a stud. Yeah, he's That's a stud. A big yeah. hit, man. Uh, so look, I had them finishing fourth. <laughs> <laughs> I, the coaching hired was a little bit of a question, but doesn't mean doesn't mean you're a terrible t- terrible <laughs> football coach. It just means the rules are a little different. Um, okay, so my pecking order right now: Houston Christian eighth, Lamar seventh, Northwestern State sixth. At 
fifth for me, I had McNeese, by the way. I, I don't know if I mentioned that. At fourth, I had Texas A&M Commerce. So wait, re- recite me your order on the top uh, or from the bottom up. So eight, I got Houston Christian. Seven, I got McNeese. Six, I got A&M Commerce. Five, I got the Lamar Cardinals. And number four, I got the Demons of Northwestern State. Let's talk about the Lamar Cardinal. Oh no, wait, you had we we talked about Lamar. So we talked. Okay, you, you're starting to buy it, man. You're ready to talk about him again. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I'm shocked that the, you had him that high, but I mean, I guess not. I guess not. There's so many question marks. How how many? I don't know that I've ever seen a conference with so many first and second year coaches, right? And so many question marks in that regard. Um. All right, so at number three for me. I have the Nichols Colonels. Do you have the Nichols Colonels? Man, I got the Nichols Colonels at three two. There we go. Finally, holy <laughs> shit! The first one we agree on here, um, and a lot of it has to do with I can trust. I can <laughs> trust uh, Tim Rebal. So yep. uh, he enters year nine at Nichols. He's 47 and forty three all the time. I, I I feel like last season they took so many hits. Obviously, Lindsey Scott dipped out. So uh, you you look at what they have returning, Colin Guggenheim at the running back spot, best one of the best, one of my favorite names. Um, I I think they have some guys that that can move the needle here. Um, I also like uh, the offensive line stood out to me, or and tight end Lee uh, Negrato, stud, um, David Robinson, the admiral at the wide receiver <laughs> position. Uh, maybe hopefully he doesn't roll his socks up. Also, Scooter, Scooter Adam. Um, no, 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 not Scooter Adams. It was uh, no, it was Guggenheim. Um, but I kind of think the offense will be in decent shape now. Eh, defensive side of the ball, they return a lot, but this team's never a defensive juggernaut. But uh, Kylan White at the linebacker spot, Eli Ennis at the linebacker spot. They got a couple guys there. That I think solid players, Zach Bernard on the defensive line, Perry Gancy, um, Tyler Morton in the defensive backfield. Uh, like they have a lot of returning guys. The defense never been a strong suit for the Colonels, so little always a little concern there. But really, I'm just I'm going with the uh, I'm going with the pedigree here. And, J- and Jefferson E. White in the chat says Lamar has won the most uh, South Southland Conference championships twelve, followed by McNeese. I love it. We got Southland Conference. See? Facts coming here. <laughs> See, there's a guy. There's a guy who knows his teams. He's gonna jump in. He's gonna tell you why Lamar's the best. <laughs> yeah, and Keith Landry in the chat saying the Southland runs through Hammond, baby. Uh, all right, now talk to me about uh, Nichols and why you have them third. Yeah, so the quarterback position is going to be the really interesting one to watch. From what I'm seeing, Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College uh, transfer Pat McQuaid. Great name, by the way. It just kind of sounds like Chuck a Norris 80s. movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I knew. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So a great name. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. I don't know how that's going to translate. But uh, Rebo was pretty high on him from what I saw in the article I was reading. So seems to have some confidence in him there. Uh, Jacob Foss also comes in from Southern Illinois. Uh, he's a transfer that never really got much burn there. But hey, it's a good program. So maybe he's not too bad, huh? Um, something I saw Quincy Brown wide receiver from TCU. That's a name. I know that I've seen on the football field. Now he didn't play a ton of downs, but he's a talented guy. I've seen him play and, 
and he uh, he got some burn with the TCU team that was obviously in the championship last year. So uh, well, huge, and, huge and, get. And he gets re- uh, a chance at uh, revenge because they they play, and that's the one thing that concerns me about having them third. The fucking non-con. Whoa, <laughs> relax. Can I, uh, uh, did I cut you off, or should I start talking about the non-con? No, no, you hit most of the names I was going to okay. talk about. Let's let's get into the non-con. The non-con's unbelievable. Sacramento State opening Thursday night, August twenty or August thirty first. Look, Sacramento State, they were undefeated in the regular season last year. That's not they're not fucking around. Then they're at TCU. They get a much needed bye week, but I don't know if it's gonna help them because they're at Tulane. That's the first three. There's a fourth non con game that's later against the team that's preseason top fifteen. But bro, that's the concern about the McNeese game. Those are those are ass whoopings. They're going to take to start the season. <laughs> you um, know, Sacramento state. You think I do. They were recruiting. Early. They were recruiting. They look, <laughs> they, they kept the DC. He's their new head coach. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, but uh, they're running the same offense. Uh, I know Scadaboo transfers out to Arizona state and a couple mm-hmm. other guys hit the portal, but I still think they're, they might not, they're not going to be undefeated, but I don't think that I, mean, I still think they're going to be like, Flirting with a playoff berth to get them week. I mean, maybe, maybe week, they can get week them. one, and that's a hell of a trip, man. That's a hell of a trip. That's true. That's but I just feel like they got some guys at Sac State. Uh, Big Sky, Big Sky is 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 really a, a you know a, a good conference. But maybe you could talk me into it. But okay. Oh, I got them zero and three to, to start the season. You? I got them one and two, man. I haven't picked wow. up uh, Sacramento State. Wow. Man. I'm telling you, it's a hot out there, but you're coming down to Louisiana. Swamp ass central. Let's go. Yeah, swamp ass <laughs> for everybody. Uh, all right, zero and three. But th- this is what makes that McNeese like game tricky to me: is the body blow of a Willie Fritz Tulane team. The game before. I think they should beat McNeese, but do I think McNeese loves seeing the fact that they have Tulane the week before? I do. Um, give me the McNeese game as their first win, although I don't. Like I'm kind of 50, 50 on it. Um, they're home to Houston Christian win. They're home to Northwestern state win at Texas A&M commerce. I even think this could be a win, but then the other non-con game on October 28th, Halloween weekend, Southeast Missouri, the Red Hawks preseason top 15, that non-con you could argue is the hardest. I, I think that's the hardest in the, uh, in, uh, out of all of the Southland so far. Um, and then they're home to Lamar. Wait, no, I'm sorry. Then they're at incarnate word home to Lamar and then short week at strawberry stadium, taking on Southeast Louisiana. That's really why they're in third place for me is they got to go to I dub and to Southeast Louisiana in Hammond, Louisiana. I, I mean, I do like the momentum of like McNeese, Houston, Christian, Northwestern state, a and M commerce all in a row. But I think it's going to be tricky down the stretch. But I got him. I got him finishing third in the Southland, and you do as well. It sounds like. What's your final record there? Actually, just four and seven, uh, three and four in conference <laughs> again. But all the tiebreakers. <laughs> uh, all right, and that gets us to number two here. But before we get to number two, I want to tell you that the the FCS College Football Experience is brought to you by Parlay Play. Yes. 
Parlay play is a great way to get down on your favorite parlayed player props. Football season is right around the corner and parlay play will have all of your favorite props. Parlay play is available in a ton of different States, including California and Texas. Plus our good friends up North, uh, you know, Canada parlay plays available in a bunch of different provinces. So uh, check it out. And when you sign up, make sure you use our code. You'll get a sweet bonus when you get started. I already mentioned this a week zero parlay that I like uh, is the over on the San Jose state USC game and the Jacksonville state to win their first ever FBS game at home against the UTEP miners parlay. Those two thank me later, head on over to parlayplay.io. Use the promo code SGP for hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars. That's parlayplay.io promo code SGP. All right, we are back on the FCS college football experience, and I am so curious. Now is where it actually gets interesting to me. I, I I'm serious. Like like maybe you could say that line is after Nichols, but now is where it really gets interesting to me because it seems like everything I read has I dub number one. Not old Dundee. Dundee has I dub incarnate word finishing second. Curious, where do you have Incarnate Word? I have them at second as well, man. Really, they could be number one because, but they're also bringing in a brand new head coach, former former player for them, Clint Killall. Zach Calzada transfers in. He once beat Alabama. You gotta like that. But really, why I, I you have a brand new head coach, right? You just have a brand new head coach and. The fact that they brought in so many transfers and so many transfers left them is the it's it's basically like you alluded to. It's like Colorado, the Buffaloes, we in, in the FBS. Um, go listen to our team preview for that. If we break down all 133 teams over there, but it's hard to get a gauge. It really for me was a hard to get, it was hard to have confidence that this team is hands down the best. I know that they've recently been good, but man, they've had a lot of different coaches in the last few years. I'm not just ready to, to pull the Dennis green and crown them. You know what I mean? Like th- I, I I'm trying to find this nugget here. I had this written down somewhere on how many players transferred in and out. Um, I, I it was something insane. Like I think, Oh, here it is. Uh, so uh, they had 20 FBS players transfer in but 15 players transferred out to the FBS. I mean, that's tough. It, 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 they could be really fucking good, but how fast can you get that going? Uh, obviously Calzada is a stud. They brought in Tr- Trey Siggers who, who was at SMU via North Texas, who I think is a very good running back that will probably be very good in this league and in the FCS in general. I just don't know that I can trust incarnate word right away to just come in and dominate. Now the schedule is, is I love they, they it's this like reminds me of the sec. It's like, you'll see the non-con be super easy for Georgia and you'll see like Vanderbilt's be super hard because that's what's happening in the Southland. The non-con I'm not super scared about at UTEP at the sun bowl, one of the greatest college f- football stadiums in America. That's winnable. That is very winnable. Zach Calzada is better than, than Gavin Hardison. I think from uh, like, I mean, he played at Texas A&M and Auburn, no disrespect to Hardison, but that's winnable. I would still favor UTEP because it's on the road, but, and it's the first game with all these players, certainly winnable. UTEP does get a week zero game. 
that's a little bit of an advantage, I think. So I'll go zero and one, but certainly winnable. And then they're at Northern Colorado, who's breaking in a brand new head coach. They should win that at Abilene Christian, who you know we we go listen to our UAC preview. Abilene, we think is going to be solid, but that's that's still winnable. And then home to North American, the Stallions. Um, I mean, they could go four and zero in the non-con. Isn't this hilarious that the top of the conference? This is like classic Michigan uh, or or Georgia or something here, where or Oklahoma, where their their non-con is is weak, but their uh, <laughs> that that probably is going to help them though. When you think about body blows and depth, where where it really can play an issue in the FCS, where you don't have as many scholarships. Um, what do you got them doing in the non-con there? Well, especially with uh, you know FCS takes into account when an FCS team beats an FBS it's worth a little bit more towards the playoff push. So if they don't win this conference, which neither one of us have them doing, that's, that's going to be something nice to have in their back pocket. Um, I'm very interested in this UTEP, uh, just, just this non-con that they have going on. And, and it doesn't feel to me like Dana Dimmel is somebody that's going to let uh, FCS teams stroll in there and just, and just, you know, beat them. It's hard for me to picture. I have them losing to UTEP. I have them beating Northern Colorado and beating Abilene Christian and obviously beating North American. So I have them three and one to start the year. Uh, I mean, I think, I think I agree with you that they will be three and one. They actually have the easiest schedule to me in the conference because mm-hmm. they get a bye week before Southeast Louisiana. Now I'm still taking Southeast Louisiana, but they got a bye week before that. And that is very, they have the most, they have the friendliest schedule to me in the, in the Southland. Uh, they're home. To uh, so out of the bye after North American, they're home to Southeast Louisiana. Then they're home to Texas A&M Commerce. Then they're at McNeese and at Lamar. They do have back to back away, but if your second end is at Lamar, I think you can you can celebrate. Um, uh, home the Nichols, home to Northwestern State at Houston Christian. I honestly think it's coming down to that Southeast Louisiana game. If they win that Southeast Louisiana game, they're going to finish first place. Um, how about you? Yeah, same same here. That's the same exact breakdown I'd have. I mean, once you get past that Southeast Louisiana game, now you're talking incarnate words, probably putting up 50 plus points every single game for the rest of the season. But uh, you got to love them having the buy. But I don't know, man, in this in this day and age, I love the portal. And, and I actually like what NIL is doing for college football for the most part. But um, I, I don't always buy into these teams that just transfer in all these names and you lose key pieces like we talked about. They're, they're rebuilding the entire O-line. They uh, got to rebuild the D line too, but they got some names on there that were pretty jarring to see. I mean, a, a Texas, a former four-star Texas recruit, Ayadeli uh, Edeoi. So that's uh, really awesome. How I'd probably nailed that pronunciation, but their <laughs> <laughs> uh, their defensive secondary too really uh, really changed faces. So um, it's hard to tell what to make of this team. It's just I'm a traditionalist and. It's hard for me to look at Southeastern Louisiana, see them bring back so many pieces and look at this team and say with all the new faces, especially in the trenches that they're going to beat them. So that's, I mean, and they got got like Calzada did beat Nick Saban. I mean, Mm -hmm. he might've struggled at Auburn, but fuck. I mean, he's in the FCS and he could be really good. Um, I still don't have him as the best quarterback in the conference, but uh, Trey Siggers, as I alluded to, I think I, I liked him. I don't even think he needed to go to the FCS. He could have went to mm-hmm. other FBS schools. Uh, they also have Jarrell Wiley. Um, so the run game is going to be good at I dub the, the, even the receivers like this team is good. Brandon Porter, Jalen Campbell, 
Caleb Chapman. They got guys. Uh, so uh, Marquez Perez. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this team is going to be very good. It's just how fast can you do it? And I think personally, even though you get the bye week before Southeast Louisiana, I think you, if you had your preference, you would want that game in November as opposed to, you know, what week f- going into week four, I think it is. So, or week five. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, defensive side of the ball for I Dub, I still think they got some guys that you should be excited about. The D line has Darren Brown, has Stephen Parker, uh, Marcus Brown. So I think those are. It's probably. I think you could argue that it's one of the better defensive lines in the conference. The uh, the defensive backfield, I think, has got a couple guys. Uh, Paul at the at the at the corner spot, and then Brandon Richard. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I feel like uh, feel like it's going to be very fun to watch. So we both agree that we have the Southeast Louisiana Lions number one in the Southland. Now the difference is they're non-con, fucking brutal, absolutely brutal compared to like I said, it, it that might be the difference and why we should take our incarnate word to finish first is because you can have body blows in some of these games at Mississippi state to start your, 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 so your non-con for Southeast Louisiana is at Mississippi state at South Alabama, who only won like what? 10 games or 11 games in the Sun Belt last year. And then you go cross country to Ch- uh, Ch- Cheney, Washington, Cheney, Washington. I forget how, how that's pronounced to take on the Eagles who were not that great last year, but that's a, been a very good program. And I expect them to kind of bounce back this year. Uh, and then you're, you're welcoming Tarleton on September 30th. I don't know, man, that non-con is much harder than incarnate words. Would you agree? I I do agree. It's yeah. Yeah. Not even close. Really? Uh, I, I would say watch, watch that Mississippi state game though. I think that could be, could be fairly interesting <laughs> with all the changes going to be going on there. Yeah. Shifting away from the air raid. Now let's talk about the Southeast uh, Louisiana team, the lions, because I, I, I think they got two good quarterbacks. Uh, Zachary Clement, Eli Sawyer, a uh, lot of reason to be excited. Uh, Rodeo Graham at the running back spot. The uh, the wide receivers, I think Maurice Massey uh, is a name to watch out for. I also think Darius Lewis. I mean, this is a I've, one thing that struck me of why I took Southeast Louisiana is I thought they were pretty complete. Love the offensive line. I think they have the best offensive line in this conference. John Allen, Jalen Bell. Uh, Orgeron, they got an Orgeron on the offensive line. You know, you, yeah, I'm never fading that. Brennan, Brennan, uh, Landclose as well. Uh, the, I think they do have the best offensive line. Brockham Wicks as well. That this offensive line is really fucking good. The defensive line, uh, you know, I think solid, but not one of the better defensive lines in the conference. Arlen Williams back. Uh, also, Garrett Crawford. Um, curious to see. I think the linebacking core is arguably the best in the, in the Southland with uh, Dante Daniels, Anthony Britton and, and uh, uh, who's, who's the third name that I jotted down. I don't know. I can't find it right now, but uh, I think the linebacking core, I thought, I thought I rated them. Oh, it's uh it's Herman, Herman Christoph. Christoph. Yeah. Yep. Um, the linebacking core, I think is pretty, is pretty damn good for them. The secondary, um, Little little question marks there. They bring back what Linzer? That's that's one guy at the safety spot uh, that I think you should be excited about. But uh, talk to me about Southeast Louisiana, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you you hit a lot of the names I was going to say. Another another quarterback to kind of watch for. Former four star recruit out of Hawaii, Cameron Cooper. 
Uh, just the name that's going into the hat. So what I'm seeing is kind of Zachary Clement kind of has an edge, but Cam and Cooper, uh, he's turning some heads in the spring. So that's interesting there. Um, you talked about Rodeo Graham. Um, wide receiver, that's where I kind of saw the most question marks. You saw the O-line, four or five back, you covered those guys. D-line actually does bring back five of their eight most productive D-linemen from a year ago. Uh, also, there's a three-star Missouri recruit that uh, came over, Shamar Pearl. That's a name to watch. The secondary was something that kind of worried me. Um, they did bring back uh, Linzer, who you covered. Also, three-star SMU transfer Donald Clay comes in to try to make up for some of the guys. That, I mean, they had uh, Zayat Alexander. He went to LSU uh, DBU there, for example. It's just some of the talent that they lost. They lost uh, Daniel Ward-McGee, who had three interceptions last year. They lost him in the secondary. So big hits in the secondary. Uh, that and the wide receiver position are kind of my main concerns. But so many pieces come back, particularly in the trenches. I think they got a good start with the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. I, I think this team's really, really good. And I think we're going to see the difference between them and Incarnate Word is that they're they're consistent. They have the same pieces, the same coach. It's all coming back. Yeah. And they got to win that one, October seventh at uh, Tom Benson Stadium in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I I agree. I think you know you look at the schedule. Even though the non-con, what do you got them doing in the non-con? I got them losing to, to Hale State and uh, South Alabama, Eastern Washington game. I think they can win that. I think they can. Now I think it's I think it's more of a fifty-fifty game. That is a far far trip. Uh, and then they're home to Tarleton, which like I said, man, they could end up one and three. They could even end up zero and four on the non-con. Now I don't expect zero and four. I think they'll get one at least maybe two. What do you got them doing here? Yeah. So uh, the Mississippi state game, I think is going to be actually pretty interesting. I gave them a loss there. Eastern Washington. I would be really, really concerned about that. If I didn't think South Alabama was actually going to run this team by about 30 points. I think the starters will be resting by the first end of the first half. I'm not too worried about that. I think Eastern Washington, I think that's a manageable game, but, but it's the third game. (laughs) It's the third away game in a row. Eastern Washington's got to be rejoicing when they see that. Absolutely. You're, you're correct. So that is a really tough spot. I got them winning it. And I also have them beating Tarleton, but man, that game coming before the incarnate word game. Yeah. So trap games, man, Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely be taking the points with Tarleton. I I guarantee that. Uh, in conference, they open up play home to Houston Christian. They'll get that dub, and then Tarleton comes to town, and then they are at Incarnate Word. Tarleton, obviously not in their conference, but I'm just saying that it's scattered in there. Uh, at Incarnate Word on October seventh, game of the season. Uh, then they're home to Lamar at Northwestern State. They get a bye week then before hosting McNeese, and then they're at Commerce Texas A&M Commerce and home to Nichols on that Thursday night at Strawberry Stadium. Yeah, I mean, I think Southeast Louisiana's, you know, they might they might struggle in the non-con, but they're winning this conference, baby. Let's go, let's go, Lions! I got the horde of Lions, Tigers, and Bears to quote the great Mike Tyson. Let's go! Uh, that's our show, folks. We both have Southeast Louisiana. Damn it! So we 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 had a lot of differences, with the exception of we had the top same top three order though, <laughs> same top three order, but a lot of differences on the backside of the South and conference folks. Remember we're breaking down every single conference in the FCS before the season kicks subscribe, tell a friend. All right. SG.pn slash FCS subscribe wherever podcasts can be found FCS college football experience. Type it into the search win- engine, whatever the fuck, All right? YouTube.com slash the college experience subscribe. All right. Also 
I host the FBS show that we do. That's called the college football experience where I'm breaking down all the 133 college football teams. Subscribe, tell a friend and uh, folks. Uh, yeah. Check out the college basketball experience. I host that as well. Every single night of the college basketball season, I'll be here. So I got a college baseball experience. So we also have the big 12 experience. Those are all separate feeds. Subscribe. We come together as one on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience or sorry, slash college experience. Yeah. The college experience. I can't fucking talk anyway. Um, folks give Mike a follow on Twitter at GCG underscore wins. Tell him, you know, you're an FCS fan. Talk some shit to him. Say you're, hey, you, you, you got, you got, you got Lamar or finishing ahead of Houston Christian. You know, the <laughs> Lamar know. Army is going to show up in my it's corner. True. You just wait. Who and knew? See. Who knew Mike Rose had season tickets to Lamar? All right, uh, <laughs> folks, give him a follow. Mike does great work. And uh, look, we are on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. Uh, I'm on Twitter at the Colby D. So please give us a follow there and uh, check out the sports gambling podcast as they break down all 32 NFL teams with their win totals, overs, unders, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, SGPN app is free to download in the app store and Google play store. So grab that and uh, discord, come talk FCS college football with us in the discord sports gambling podcast.com slash discord until next time. This is the FCS college football experience Southland conference preview style. You better start thinking about yours. And we out of here. Run and shoot. We can really run and shoot.